0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line
2: without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom
0: Hey, everybody. It's a hump day, home and home. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut, Ross Tucker, home in Pennsylvania. Got a big show for you. We're going to talk some baseball, some great reporting on the shooting of David Ortiz in the Dominican. He heads to Yankee Stadium for Fox baseball coverage we've got the NBA versus China what a fantastic and global story that is on the perils of social media and also our good friends from pro football Focus join us to break down the quarterback grades this week and trades that have to happen before the NFL trade deadline home and home sports original we are brought to you by zip recruiter Try ZipRecruiter for free right now, ZipRecruiter.com enter. We've also got two divisional Game Fives tonight in Major League Baseball and a big Game 4 last night. The Rays somehow staying alive against the Astros, the lowest payroll in Major League Baseball. They chase Justin Verlander, one of the greatest in the history of the game in the fourth inning to force a Game 5. Ross Tucker, I ask you, you are definitely a casual baseball fan, very casual. If the team with the lowest payroll in baseball beats a prohibited World Series favorite, does that make you more or less interested in what's to come?
3: Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I would say more. I would say more. I, for and This is weird, right? Because as a former professional athlete, I should want – guys to make as much money as possible. I should love the big payroll teams. I should love the teams that are paying a lot of money to professional athletes for, you know, the energy they put in, the the injuries they risk, etc. But I don't feel that way. I kind of would love to see the Rays beat the Astros. I don't know if that's a payroll thing, Dave, or it's just an underdog thing, right? So When I watch, like, the NCAA tournament, I I root for the lower-seeded team to win almost every time. I mean, I I, I root for the underdogs. I want, you know, now they're good, but back in the day, I want Gonzaga to go far. I want Butler to go to the Final Four. Like, that's, I like that. I love those stories. So, in baseball, I like the underdog. I like the Rays it makes me more interested in
0: the story and far less interested to watch as we move ahead. I don't want to watch the Rays and the Yankees. I do want to watch the Astros and the Yankees. And Major League Baseball has to be hoping, they have to be a praying, that it is not Tampa Bay that advances because not only can they not draw fans at their own stadium, but nobody wants to watch them on TV. We need Garrett Cole to take care of business which he will in Game 5. The guy has been at another level historic. Let's hear from the principals in Game 4, Justin Verlander, and from the other side, Tommy Pham, who had a go-ahead home run in the first inning.
2: Fastball and then the slider was just uh, kind of spinning all night, really. I wasn't doing a whole lot. Preparation was I tried to uh, just treat it like a normal start. Um, Took my bullpen a little bit easier than normal, and then – This team, these guys, um, even after going up um, two games uh, against this ball club, I mean, I I don't think we took anything for granted. At least I know I didn't, and I can't speak for everybody, but that was the mentality. We know how talented these guys were and are, and uh, we knew it'd be a battle. Um, Obviously, was hoping to win yesterday, was hoping to win today, but um, you know, we've had our backs against the wall before and um, come out victorious, and hopefully, this is a. one of those opportunities that we have to go prove ourselves.
1: It's huge, you know, to jump out with an early lead. You know, it kind of gives our pitchers uh, a little bit more comfort out there on the mound, and uh, that's all that's all we can do offensively. You know, go out there, score runs, score early and often.
2: The atmosphere in this place—I mean, you guys haven't seen this in a very long time. How much does that kind of, kind of really propel you guys uh, to have the energy to come out and, and defeat this really good team on the
1: on the other side? It's huge. You know, we we deserve it as well. We're We're a great team, and, you know, great teams deserve atmospheres like this.
0: That's Tommy Pham who hit the home run for the Rays. They beat up on the Astros. Your morning papers are here. AstroNauts is what the New York Post was with as they await the winner of this series. Game five Friday night, two game fives tonight. Nats and Dodgers, Braves, and Cardinals should be outstanding stuff. We turn now to the global battle between the NBA and China. Rachel Nichols just tweeting just a few minutes ago that all over Shanghai they are tearing down NBA signage because the relationship between the NBA and China, a $4 billion relationship, appears to be big time on the rocks and could be severed. Why is all of this? This will take a while to set up, so get comfortable. Daryl Morey, Houston Rockets general manager Friday, tweeted then deleted his support for the Hong Kong pro-democracy Uh, protesters. And that blew up this entire story. Partners, business partners in China, severing relationships, pulling their relationships with the Houston Rockets, who are the second most uh, popular team there in China. Keep in mind, 500 million people watched the NBA in China last year. More people there watched the decisive game of the NBA Finals than did here in the United States, just to give you a sense of how big it is. Adam Silver spoke out yesterday defending Houston Rockets general manager and how they're going to stand up for their players, for their owners, for their general managers when it comes to their freedom of choice, their freedom of press, their freedom of expression, and their freedom of speech. Here is the NBA commissioner
1: held values of the NBA are to support freedom of expression and certainly freedom of expression by members of the NBA community. And in this case, Daryl Morey, as the general manager of the Houston Rockets, enjoys that right as one of our employees. Um, what, what I also try to suggest is I understand that there are consequences from that exercise of, of in essence, his freedom of speech and you know, we will have to live with those consequences. It's my hope that for our Chinese fans and our partners in China, they will see those remarks in the context of now a three decade, if not longer, relationship. We are not apologizing for Daryl exercising his freedom of expression. I regret, again, having communicated directly with many friends in China that so many people are upset, including millions and millions of our fans. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, we come with basketball as an opportunity to sell dreams, sell hopes, that to increasingly to, you know, f- focus on physical fitness, um, mental health, and to the extent that we are causing disruption in people's lives, and that we are causing disharmony, um, that's something I regret. And so I, I think, as I said earlier, I don't think it's inconsistent to both be apologetic that that was the outcome of that speech, but at the same time support Darrell's right you know, to, to, to his freedom of expression.
0: Adam Silver is Nick Walenda walking a tightrope above the Grand Canyon. That is why he is the best commissioner in all of professional sports today, and it ain't even close. The popular thing to do today, Ross, is to rip Adam Silver, to rip the NBA for not standing up for democracy. Bullshit. Clay Travis, talented colleague over there out kicked the Coverage, wants to rip apart the NBA and ESPN. Here's what Adam Silver's job is. It's to grow the game. It's to get the players and the owners rich. If he pulls out of the NBA, is it going to lead to democracy spreading to China? Hell no. If he stays there, he grows the game. He gets his players and his owners rich. And he gives the Chinese an example of what democracy looks like. What LeBron James, Zion Williamson, Anthony Davis, these guys, they get a glimpse at what our country is all about. I say it is a load of crap to criticize Adam Silver and to criticize the NBA and to criticize ESPN on this behalf. This is the biggest population in the world and the world's second biggest economy. Ross, should the NBA be standing up for democracy or be growing the game globally and concentrating on profits?
3: All right, so we got to take a step back real quick, all right? So you know I don't pay attention to... Really, I don't pay very much attention to domestic politics, let alone international politics. And so it doesn't really matter. Um, I can't speak intelligently on what's going on in China and Hong Kong. And I've read up a little bit on this because it's now come into the sports sphere. And I knew we were going to talk about it here on Home and Home, available on the Radio.com app and Radio.com slash home. You are on CNN television. From 4 to 6 a.m. Eastern Time every day. So, I just want you to start with mm-hmm. what the deal is with Hong Kong and China. It sounds like China rules Hong Kong, but Hong Kong's yes. able to do their own thing. But now they want people from Hong Kong to have to be tried over in China. The Hong Kong people say, well, no, no, no. You said we're allowed to do our own thing. Can you explain it better than I can? They are semi-autonomous, but China essentially
0: has Hong Kong under their thumb. These protests started over a controversial extradition bill that, yes, would have allowed for you if you convicted of a crime, you could be tried in China, which was a game changer for the people of Hong Kong. It would change life as they know it. It would change global business, Americans who travel there, uh, Europeans that travel there. This was a massive deal. The protest started out of that. Carrie Lam, the chief executive, eventually pulled that legislation, but the protest didn't stop. They just kind of spread and expanded into other causes, like releasing the protesters that have been jailed. And they now have a, a law that says you cannot wear a mask. They want to track everyone's facial features. It is a surveillance state. Several different issues, but essentially they become now a pro-democracy movement, not going to happen in Hong Kong, not under the Chinese thumb. But again, I just would contend that, first off, let me give you a little more political context to this. Uh, Josh Howley, Republican Senator, Marco Rubio, uh, Ben Sass, Ted Cruz, a lot of Republican senators have ripped the NBA, just like Clay Travis, and saying that they are caving to the almighty buck. You know who else is? The leader of the free world. The president of the United States, it's his job to push for democracy. If that is, in fact, what United States senators want, and I hope they do, it's his job. But as my network reported, the president agreed to stay silent on the Hong Kong protests during trade talks with China. It is not Adam Silver's job to spread democracy around the world. If anything, it's the president's job. So I just think all of this criticism aimed at the NBA is bogus. All right.
3: And so now yeah, so now go. so so okay, so okay. And and Maury just sent out a tweet in support of the Hong Kong protesters and real the people quick, of real China and deleted it. Right. And the people of China got very offended by that. Just out of curiosity, why do you think they got so offended by that? Like Why why is being able to extradite the hong kong people and have them go to trial in china why is that a so important to the chinese and b why would they get so offended by maury's tweet
0: well first off another ironic twist of this is the people of china they don't have access to twitter they don't even see tweets it's forbidden by the state so only a few state officials would have seen this tweet that would have never been known if if they wouldn't have made a big deal of this um, because it was deleted so quick. Why is it such a big deal? China does this to all businesses. They do this to Hollywood, they do this to airlines, they do this to golf club makers, they do this to shoemakers. They tell you how you do business in their country. They force technology transfers, they steal technology from companies. This is just part of doing business in China. They tell you what you can talk about on Hollywood blockbusters. They tell you that you can't talk about Winnie the Pooh in Hollywood movies because it offends Xi Jinping. Uh, So this is a very complicated situation, but this is the cost of doing business in China. They don't want you to even mention how they run their government. And the NBA appears to be standing up for their general managers. I say, challenge china what are they going to do at this point it is huge in china basketball is massive if that sport goes away it it not only hurts the nba in terms of that four billion dollar relationship it hurts the chinese population
3: all right so here's my reaction based on what i know about it okay and following the story and let me say this i'll i'll say this a bunch of times on the show I don't follow the politics part of it close enough to be able to speak intelligently on that part of it, right? That's why Dave's here, okay? This is politics and sports overlapping. This is like Christmas for Dave Briggs, okay? This is like the greatest day of his life, all right? This is like everything's coming together, everything he's been working for for 20 years since he graduated from college. It all comes together in this story, which is great. I love it. I'm glad we have Dave. He's amazing. But I don't, I don't really follow it closely enough to comment on that part of it. I do wonder, though, Dave, like on some level, number one, I always wonder with a guy like Daryl Morey, does he follow it closely enough and really understand it enough to comment on it, number one? And number two, my initial reaction was that it was pretty stupid. By Daryl Morey. And look, you can make it any decision you want in life, but if you're the general manager of the Houston Rockets and they're the second most popular team in China, which means millions and millions of dollars for your franchise, to publicly disparage people that are providing your organization with millions and millions of dollars. I got news for you, Dave. If I was Tillman Fertitta... I'd be pissed. I'd be really pissed. Because you know what? Daryl Morey's tweet will have really no positive impact whatsoever. And maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. But Daryl Morey's tweet does nothing. So if I'm Tillman Fertitta, I'm thinking, you know what? It it reminds me of a lot of times when I'm I'm about to tweet something. If I have any hesitation, if I have any trepidation, the answer is no. Like, if you're not sure... The answer no. Nobody in the world was clamoring for Daryl Morey's opinion on Chinese Hong Kong politics. Okay? That's number one. Number two, what I find interesting is I'm not hearing anything from Greg Popovich or Steve Kerr about this subject. And what I find intriguing is that the NBA, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit from the NFL angle, right, Dave, where mm-hmm. the NFL is constantly criticized because they're greedy, all they care about is money, and the bottom dollar, and blah, 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 right? Okay, that's fine. That That's the narrative around the NFL, whereas the NBA, NBA's awesome. They are progressive. It's not about the money for the NBA. It's about doing good things for, for people and people's rights and all that's all you hear right that's that's the narrative for those two leagues so to me it's sort of comical that right away the NBA says right away Daryl Morey has to delete this tweet and the NBA says it's regrettable and Tillman Fertita says he doesn't speak for the organization and James Harden says I love China China's great like in my mind Dave it's hypocritical and i do think that adam silver is trying to thread the needle there right but my whole point is don't tell me about how progressive you are and how much you fight for people's rights and that's the priority and that's who we that's what we're about unless it might cost us hundreds of millions of dollars then uh uh-oh nope it's regrettable doesn't speak for us Delete that, Daryl. Get hardened out here. China, China, one, two, three. To me, it's just funny. Like, you can't have it both ways. Like, like, you know, don't tell me that you're progressive unless there's hundreds of millions of dollars on the line. So
0: you have to be entirely one way? That's bogus. Because, listen, how many of us are willing to sacrifice the future growth of what it is we do, of our entire industry, of our job, of our.
1: I'm not at all. I'm
3: not at
0: all. But you're saying they should risk the future growth of their organization by speaking out on the politics of another country?
3: No, 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 no. That's what Clay Travis is saying. and That's a load of crap. No, what I'm saying is don't take all the plaudits and don't act like you are above the other, every other business in the United States by acting like, we are all about being progress I'm not saying our country I'm not saying Dave, our country. Our you have to separate
0: Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich from commenting on our country and our politics from an entirely different country. Are they pro authoritarian Are they pro country. human
3: rights or are they anti human rights?
0: I mean come on. Anyone that knows anything about Steve Kerr or Greg Popovich knows they are pro-human rights, pro human rights. Okay, okay. Speech. So then the so way, then Dave.
3: So then Dave, when Steve Kerr was asked about it, why didn't he come out in support of Hong Kong? And they're right. Because his
0: because his team is the number one most popular team in China. I oh mean, okay. Course, I see. How what's it wrong is. with okay. that? There's Oh, oh now because you're the that's one that's hypocritical. You to the now you're the one that so hypocritical. That is hypocritical.
3: No, that's no, hypocritical. Come on, man. He's got it a is. job to do. It he's is. He's got a job to do. He is that he's pro, he is pro human rights unless 100s of millions of dollars are on the line. So he's now we at least rights. know. Now we at least know what the price point is, okay? Now we at least know he's pro human rights unless it might mean hundreds of millions of dollars for his team in the NBA. Okay. So wait, I just so wait. Know. No, the point no, is, Dave, no, no, the point no, is, is everybody no, no. has a price.
0: So Steve Kerr shouldn't talk about U.S. politics unless he's going to talk about politics of every nation.
3: That is just uneducated. That is just ignorant. No, no I'm saying you're either pro-human rights or you're not. Oh, it's on. either an important issue to you or it's not. You don't speak out only when it's convenient for you and not when it might cost you money. That to me is laughable.
0: We're gonna disagree on that. Here's what Greg Popovich did say yesterday. Adam Silver's been a heck of a leader in that respect and very courageous compared to what we've had to live through the last three years. Talking of course, I think about the president without saying his name, there's a big difference gap. There's leadership wise and courage wise. Greg Popovich very clearly supporting the way Adam Silver has handled this situation. As for Steve Kerr, he did not wade into this at all. So what's next? What's next is the NFL. They were supposed to at least have talked about playing a game in China in 2020, most likely 49ers and Rams. Major League Baseball has a 10-year deal to grow the game in Beijing. It's been very successful. The Olympics return to Beijing in 2020 as well, or 2022 actually. So should all sports now, should the NFL, should Commissioner Goodell, should the owners of the Rams, should Sean McVay, should they all, according to your logic, weigh in on the politics of China or just try to grow their game and make money
3: for their organizations? You know what I would do? I would just try to grow the game and make money for the organizations. And I wouldn't chime in on any of this politics stuff. Because I don't really think people care what an NBA head coach or an NFL commissioner or some blowhard former journeyman lineman thinks about politics. I don't think that they need my opinion. I don't think I want to go out there. That's, That's the problem I have. You don't really see this in the NFL, Dave. You don't see guys... Like Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich, and more power to them. Eric They're Reed, Colin Kaepernick, platform. Kenny Stills.
0: What's that? Eric Reed, Colin, Eric Reed, Colin Kaepernick, Kenny Stills, and company.
3: Social justice. Okay, okay, three players that have gotten a lot of negative, uh, uh, negative response and reaction as a result of it. Three players, but nobody with positions of leadership. I think the NFL will go to China. I think the NFL will make a boatload of money from China. I think NFL will tell everybody to shut the hell up. I'll give you a warm cup of shut the hell up because you don't know Ooh. what's going on in China or Hong Kong, number one. You don't really know. You not you haven't lived over there. You don't really know the backstory. And number two, nobody gives a shit what you think about China and Hong Kong. So keep your mouth shut and we'll all profit and make a bunch of money just like you should keep your mouth shut, quite frankly, I think on a lot of these issues.
0: I don't know what Rockets General Manager Daryl Morey knows about those protests. I don't know if he knows the exact five demands of the protesters today. We agree there that Daryl Morey probably should have stayed out of this entirely unless he planned to take it all the way and was very educated on what exactly those protesters want and who they're made of. But this thing is far from over. And now LeBron James is going to have to weigh in. And I promise you the NFL, if they do play there, they're going to have to weigh in. They're going to be asked about this. And this is the impact of Maury's tweet. Everyone's going to have to weigh in on this, including the International Olympic Committee. How do they feel about human rights? Because it was largely just swept under the rug in 2008 Olympics in Beijing. This story doesn't just have global implications of politics and sports and business, but it's going to be around for several years and will impact all, all of our favorite national pastimes. Yeah.
3: One quick question again. Do you you know why China wants to extradite them? Like why they care just because they can, just because it's a power plant?
0: They're theirs. They they control Hong Kong. They want to Right, but they're not extraditing them everything. now.
3: Right, no. but they're not extraditing them now. Any idea why that's a priority for them now?
0: Well, they're clamping down one bit at a time on the freedoms of Hong Kong. They don't like what's happening in Hong Kong. It is feeling very Western and getting more Western by the day. They want to take power back by the time that... There, there is a relationship between Hong Kong that is essentially growing tighter and tighter and tighter and closer. They don't like the Western influences in Hong Kong, and they're trying to crack down on them.
3: Got it. Okay, that makes sense. It is kind of weird that China rules Hong Kong because Hong Kong is very different from China, right?
0: Well... They, they, they control China. It's very different. Yes. Because of that relationship, because Hong Kong is such an international business destination yeah. because it is so Western from Europeans and from U S businessmen arriving there. That's this extradition bill would have really impacted its role as kind of a global business hub. But again, it's it's going to have impact on all North American professional sports, at least those that want to have a footprint in China. And frankly, Who doesn't? It's the second biggest economy in the world and the biggest population. So this story is far from over and it's going to just spread and continue to move on. Real quickly, one other NBA story before we roll. Kevin Durant says, well, the Knicks just aren't cool anymore. This isn't as controversial as the Taiwan, Hong Kong, China relationship. But does Kevin Durant have it right in free agency Are the Knicks, have they lost all their swag? Have they lost all their cool?
3: Well, if he said it, then he would know better than I, but it certainly feels that way, right? Now, my only point to that would be if he and Kyrie Irving chose to go to the Knicks instead of the Nets, then they would feel cool again, right? So, on some level, he had the power to control that, but obviously, he felt that way, and he chose the Nets. I don't know if it's a... A Brooklyn thing over a Manhattan thing, or if it's something with the franchises, or if it's just the fact that the Nets have a much better team than the Knicks do. I, I don't know what his reasoning or logic was for thinking that, uh, but certainly now that he and Kyrie are in Brooklyn rather than with the Knicks, that's certainly the case. But I don't. Yeah. I, I guess I just feel like he and Kyrie had the ability to to change that perception if that is the perception that's out there. I mean, it is weird, isn't it, that every year the talk, Dave, is, well, who are the Knicks going to get? Because they're the yeah. Knicks, it's New York, they've got the money, guys want to play there, and then every year they don't get anybody.
0: Yeah, I, I felt this for a few years, talking to agents and talking to players off the record. They've been saying they don't know what these rumors are all about. They've been saying for years – no, thanks. Hard pass. I don't care about Madison Square Garden. I don't care about the Mecca of basketball, and I certainly don't want to play for James Dolan. It's a losing organization. Besides the cool factor, which, to your point, I know nothing about. Kevin Durant knows more than both of us do about the cool. I know the merchandise is certainly a lot cooler for the Brooklyn Nets than it is the New York Knicks. But for several years, guys have been saying, eh, I don't need the New York city lure, the biggest market in the country, the Mecca of basketball. And again, none of those guys want to play for James Dolan. So I don't know how they're going to change that narrative. All it takes is one major superstar, but you're going to have to get him through free agency. Now that they did not get Zion Williamson, it's going to take a long time to change the cool equation.
3: Yeah. Matt. And, and you know what, Dave, um, good, good, Good message here on our private Slack channel for home and home on radio.com sports at RDC. Home and home is the Twitter handle, by the way. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. He's at Dave Breaks TV. Dylan Burns, one of the millennials, said Ross to put in NFL talk for you: the Knicks are the Redskins of the NBA, and I think that yeah. that's well said. I think that's well said. Where it's like the fan base has eroded and they're supposed to be this like blue blood, but they're not really anymore. And people are just so disenchanted with ownership. Well done, Dylan. That's about a yeah. month you've been working for us. You finally provided value. Good job. <laughs> we don't have to hire someone else. I don't have to go to ZipRecruiter.com to hire someone else like cafe. El Toro CEO Dylan Miskowitz did because he needed a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. He was having trouble finding qualified applicants. You know what he did? He switched to ZipRecruiter. How long are we just going to show me and Dave, guys? Is it just that much better of a read when you get to see me? ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them for you, Briggs. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates supply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant one. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective. For businesses of all sizes, try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address ziprecruiter.com/enter. That's ziprecruiter.com/e n t e r. ziprecruiter.com/enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. I thought
0: you were gonna rap that for a minute. I mean, you started getting some rhythm, you started getting some tempo late in that Zip Recruiter live read. Well done, I was my man. trying
3: I was trying, <laughs> but I'm not much of a rapper, unfortunately. I was kind of trying to do that. No? It also didn't rhyme. Like I feel like I needed to rhyme no. to be able to really no. rap.
0: Well, I'd agree. Did didn't exactly rhyme, but it was a great effort. This is controversy hour in the eight o'clock today, and now to the controversy over Richard Sherman versus Baker Mayfield. Call this handshake gate or shake gate, almost like shake weight. Yeah, you remember these, dude? I found a shake weight when I was thinking about shake gate sitting around here in the attic. Do you
3: remember these? I've heard it. I, people said it worked, <laughs> right? Did you like it? <laughs>
0: I, I never used it. Someone bought it for my wife for a gag gift, and here it sat in the attic until we got to talk about handshake gate, which uh, took place, as you all know, by now on Monday Night Football. And Richard Sherman went out to midfield, said Baker Mayfield did not shake his hand. That pissed him off, and that motivated him. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Ross Tucker. Then came the video, and I know you've done careful analysis of this video to determine exactly what or was not the pregame handshake between Baker Mayfield and Richard Sherman. Tell me about it.
3: Well, so yesterday spent a bunch of time talking about the fact that Baker Mayfield does things that just aren't smart. They just don't help his team. Why would you not shake hands? That's high school horse shit, whatever. And then later on in the day, video comes out multiple video angles in which he did shake Richard Sherman's hand before the game. I got to tell you, Dave, I have no idea what was going through Richard Sherman's skull. None, but he lost any credibility. He still had in my mind. He lost it after the game. He tells Mike Silver of NFL.com that Baker Mayfield's pregame snub of not shaking hands really got him fired up and fired up the whole team. Then people tweet at him and say, I think he did. He didn't. We didn't shake hands. He didn't shake my hand. He replied to tweet saying he did not shake my hand. Then there's video out of Baker shaking his hand and Richard Sherman starts backpedaling probably faster than he does as a player. Backpedaling and saying, yeah, I was talking more about the second handshake. You just kind of sprinted away. It's not a big deal. I don't know why you guys are making it a big deal. Richard, Hans, Bubby, (gasps) you're the one that made it a big deal. You're literally the one that brought it up. You are literally the one that made it a big deal. And you literally lied multiple times. Because he did shake your hand. Why would you do that, Richard? I mean, it just calls into question your credibility on all of the things that you love to pontificate about. I mean, I'm on this show yesterday, ripping Baker Mayfield. I was misinformed by you. It it, it boggles my mind why guys do things like this. I have no idea. Mm. He literally talked about it after the game with Mike Silver made a huge deal about it, and frankly, just looks like a clown now. I mean, he looks like an absolute clown. How can you take anything Richard Sherman says seriously moving forward? I'll
0: tell you why, and I'll tell you how, and I'll tell you why he did this and why it works. First off, Sherman tweeted, people freaking out over a handshake gave me a good laugh. I will lose no sleep over it and have moved on to the next opponent. Who does that sound like? It sounds almost like Bill Belichick. And Ross Tucker's rule when it comes to the NFL is if you don't know how to do something, emulate the New England Patriots. And one thing I've learned from the New England Patriots from over the years covering that team is they will use anything. They will make up anything. They will take anything from a paper around the country or a reporter, even if it is absolute crap. They will take it. They will use it as motivation. They will put that chip on their shoulder. Most of the time, it isn't even true. A guy didn't even really disrespect the New England Patriots, but it works for them. They are the best at playing the victim, even when every year they are the favorite. Richard Sherman, I think, stole a, playbook, a page out of the Patriots playbook and is just placing that little chip on his shoulder, finding some motivation. Clearly, it worked, man. Sherman might have mentioned that to some teammates. That may have been part of the reason they ripped apart Baker Mayfield for that outstanding 13 QB rating. Sherman, good move, I say, taking a page out of the Patriots' playbook.
3: Okay, but then how about after the game saying, thought it was disrespectful how he darted away and didn't shake my hand the second time after the coin toss rather than actually lying you still could have used that as motivation and it would have been truthful or you could have used it as internal motivation, Dave, and wait for it, not told the media about it. Just use it as internal motivation. You didn't have to brag about it after the game. Brag about how you lied about what Baker Mayfield did or did not do. I mean, I'm sorry. I kind of already felt this way, but I definitely feel this way now. Everything Richard Sherman says, make sure you're taking it with a grain of salt. You just don't know how much truth there really is to it. End of
0: the day, they are one of two undefeated teams in the NFL. Whatever works for you, folks. We'll take a quick break. We'll bring in pro football focus Sam Monson. We'll talk about the top QB grades of this week and six trades that need to happen before the NFL trade deadline. Boy, I hope they do. It would be better than the baseball hot stove. PFF on deck. Baker Mayfield locked up in handshake gate. Ross Tucker thinks he's a winner against Richard Sherman. How about that 13 quarterback rating? Let's talk about that and all the QB grades and six trades that need to happen in the NFL and need to happen soon with Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus. Sam, good to see you. Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. Uh, Look, have you broken down the Baker Mayfield handshake tape? Who's right? Who's wrong? (laughs) And what the hell happened during that game with that monstrous thirteen quarterback rating.
2: Yeah, thankfully we haven't uh, broken out our, our handshake grades <laughs> for that game because that's the part I don't want any piece of. Um, so, yeah, look, Baker Mayfield is struggling right now. He's not playing well, and nobody is more annoyed at that than we are because obviously we were huge Baker Mayfield fans coming out in the draft. We love for the guy to do really well at the next level, but right now he's struggling and. There's a lot of things going wrong in Cleveland that the offense is not functioning particularly well right now. And I think all of the things that are going wrong are all compounding together to magnify the flaws in Baker Mayfield's game. You know, he was never a perfect quarterback or a perfect prospect. But the things that he does do badly, they're all being made worse by the problems in Cleveland right now.
3: Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been interesting, Sam. What What's the biggest difference you are seeing in terms of game planning, play calling, etc. with Baker between last year and this year? I guess I kind of thought of him, Sam, as a guy that got the ball out quickly and was accurate and was probably leaned more towards Drew Brees and less towards Russell Wilson. When he's out there, though, it looks like he's Constantly trying to run around and make plays, and he's just not quite athletic enough to get it done.
2: Yeah, I think that was always his biggest flaw is that he always had a tendency to hold the ball a little bit too long to try and make those kind of hero plays um to try and do things that were never really on. And it wasn't a huge problem at Oklahoma because he never faced pressure. You know that offensive line was really good. The scheme was excellent. It, it just didn't come up that often, but that was always something he tended to do. So this year, what we're seeing is he's doing a lot more, and his average time to throw has really shot up. It's, it's added a few tenths of a second per play every time he's dropping back, and that doesn't sound like much, but that's the difference from being you know in the, the faster half of the league to being one of the slower quarterbacks in terms of getting rid of the ball – and then you have this tendency to you know, run away from clean pockets, essentially. I think he's reaching the point where he doesn't trust the protection in front of him anymore, and that's making things worse. It's inviting pressure on himself the way some of these other quarterbacks do. So I think we're just seeing Mayfield start to tend to the things that he always did anyway and you know, losing confidence in the players around him, particularly the pass protection.
0: On the other side of that game, Jimmy Garoppolo and, heck, Anybody looks good with 275 rush yards. Is Garoppolo, though, from what you're seeing, the kind of guy that can carry his team if, in fact, that running game ever falters?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the great thing for the 49ers right now is that they don't need him to do that. You know, this offense is set up to be a quarterback's best friend. Kyle Shanahan's systems have always generated really good years from quarterbacks but also really good years from other guys, you know, offensive linemen in particular, it helps them out as well. So the whole system is predicated on making life easier for the quarterback. Um, So hopefully the 49ers never need Jimmy Garoppolo to play at that kind of level. He is definitely capable of doing it, but we haven't seen him sort of hit those heights for a while now. And hopefully the 49ers don't need him to.
3: Sam, one of the things I really enjoy watching from the Niners is obviously their run game game. Uh, but in particular, the weapons that guys like George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk can be as runners, receivers, blockers, all those things. I know there was a lot of talk uh, about the amount of time that Booger McFarland spent on Kyle Juszczyk. <laughs> I'm kind of partial to him, too. He's an Ivy League guy uh, that I know. But in all sincerity, uh, how important is it when you watch the tape what, for teams that have tight ends and fullbacks? To be able to utilize them, especially as they block and pass uh, weapons in the passing game. And how much does it hurt the Niners that use checks now out, reportedly four to six weeks?
2: I think it depends on the system. You know, 49ers, use check and Kittle in particular, are two of their more important offensive players. You know, we talked all offseason about they may not have a number one wide receiver, but unlike every other offense in the NFL, they may not need one because they do have legitimate game-changing weapons matchup problems they just have them in other areas they have them at fullback they have them at tight end and look I, I love Juszczyk I think he's the best fullback in the NFL I think he's the most versatile fullback in the NFL but the 49ers are only playing him 55 60 percent of their snaps so this is their own team they don't have him out there every single play they don't think he is the most important part of that offense or they would be playing him more so yeah, it's it's definitely a blow to lose him. He is a matchup problem. You can't just roll out there with a you know two down run stuffing linebacker and match him up with Yuzcheck because he'll be he'll be uh, destroyed when it comes to running routes and that kind of thing. We've seen Yuzcheck make wide receiver style plays in terms of diving catches deep down the field. So look, it is a blow. It's a significant um, part of that offense. It's not there anymore. But it's not, you know, it's not crippling. It's not going to hamstring this offense. It's not going to be the thing that holds them back for the next four to six weeks.
0: Dak Prescott, um, is he the guy that we saw the first three weeks or the last two? I mean, you could argue 685 yards passing in two weeks, but uh, two big losses, four interceptions the last two weeks. Is he a top 10 quarterback or is he that guy that some thought he was coming into that year somewhere around middle of the pack? around 15
2: i think the jury is still out a little bit i think he's definitely proving to be better this year than that you know 15 kind of rating which is where we've had him the past couple of seasons i think we're seeing that when you give him a more um, dynamic cutting edge offensive scheme to work in when you give him the, uh, the platform to work from in terms of the offensive line in front of him when everything else around him is good he can definitely look much more like a firm top 10 quarterback than the sort of middle of the pack guy. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see him sort of consistently scale the heights that we saw him for the first couple of weeks of the season. You know, he was playing at an MVP level for albeit a couple of weeks. I don't think we're ever going to see him really do that over a full 16 game slate. But, you know, even last week against the Packers, I thought he played better than some of the stats would suggest that was more in keeping with the first couple of weeks. There's really only been the one, a significant bad game in there i think by pff grades you know, I, I think Dak prescott can definitely play at a high level but there might be no more important player to that team than tyron smith and when he goes down at left tackle everything changes they just they either don't have a backup plan or they don't have a good one because anytime they put anybody back there at left tackle that isn't tyron smith the wheels tend to fall off that offense pretty quickly
3: Sam, I'm curious about Carson Wentz. Uh, It seems like there's a pretty significant debate going on in Philadelphia. I think everybody thinks he's good. The question is, how good? Because he has completed less than 60% of his passes the last four games. Granted, there have been some drops. Less than 200 yards passing the last two games. So there's debate about, is he a top five guy? Is he a top 10 guy? Uh, where do you and PFF see Carson Wentz right now among the hierarchy of NFL quarterbacks?
2: I think at his best, he's a top five guy. Um, his thing is the stuff that he's really good at is low percentage play for most quarterbacks. And it's always difficult to kind of get a read on those guys because it's it's really unsustainable when he had his MVP caliber season he was absolutely ridiculous on third fourth down he was crazy deep down the field it's the routine stuff the stuff that Tom Brady and Drew Brees do in their sleep without thinking about that's the stuff that he's less good at on a damn down basis so uh, and the problem with that is that the third and fourth down stuff the deep down the field stuff the low percentage plays those are way more uh, volatile they're way more um, likely to swing back against him on any given period so it's very hard to judge whether he's going to be able to sustain that long term this season we've seen some more of that though he's been really good at that stuff you know the, the two losses earlier in the season he put the ball in his receivers hands that should have been touchdowns to win both those games so even if you're looking in terms of wins and losses he did what was required of him to win the game and was led down by teammates so You know, I I think it's a it's always going to be a debate because you're going to get games where things start to swing against him because those things are just inherently more liable to fluctuate. But I think he is a top five caliber quarterback, um, just one that will never be the most accurate down to down passer in the NFL. He's never going to be this sort of 75 percent completion percentage guy. He's just got more volatility to his passing than that.
0: Continuing with the drop-off theme, Patrick Mahomes, 10 touchdown passes, first three weeks, just one combined in the last two weeks. They were outplayed by Detroit, lost to the Colts. Do other teams, uh, is the playbook out there and do other teams have the personnel to execute that?
2: I think the playbook is out there when the Chiefs are without half of their offensive weapons. You know, And, And that was the thing that didn't really get talked about. Mahomes was putting up insane numbers and PFF was saying, look, he's grading really well right now. But this offensive scheme is ma- is getting people wide open to a degree we haven't really seen before, um, and the sort of the, the implication to that is if a team figures out how to slow that down, Mahomes is going to come back down to earth a little bit, and that's kind of what happened, particularly this last week against the Colts. They went with this man coverage heavy system, and suddenly, without Tyreek Hill, the, without you know the, the weapons just weren't able to get open to the same degree, and now. Patrick Mahomes struggles a little bit more, particularly when he gets a banged up ankle, you know, re-aggravates that injury, and now he doesn't have the same level of athleticism to be able to take off and punish teams for playing man coverage. So I think there's a few things at work, but right now, if you play a man coverage heavy system when the Chiefs don't have their best weapons, that causes Patrick Mahomes some problems. Now, it's probably not going to cause him the same level of problems every single week, But at the moment, I think that's the best game plan to roll into a game with the Chiefs with. Sam, let's
3: talk about some of these young guys, new guys, the the Gardner Minshew's of the world, the Kyle Allens. Talk to me about those young guys. Anybody really jump out to you or really impress you so
2: far? Damn, I wish I'd brought in my Gardner Minshew T-shirt that we have on the BFF store. (laughs) Um, That man, you have to love Gardner Minshew. Look, he is, there are certain quarterbacks that just have it, and it's very difficult to to define what that intangible is. I think Minshew is one of them. You know, he's been in position to win these games late. Um, He consistently finds a way of getting it done. Every now and again, his lack of um, sort of overall arm strength, his lack of, you know, physical tools comes back to haunt him. We saw it at the end of the game this week where, You know, he basically failed to make the end zone from the 40 yard line, albeit running to his right. You know, not a a planted throw or anything, but most quarterbacks in the NFL can make that throw with ease. And he struggled to get the ball to where it needed to go. But the guy has accuracy and that's huge. You know, he's able to get the ball where it needs to go, when it needs to be there. And it's very difficult to overstate how important that is. And I think, you know, Kyle Allen is a little bit similar. He is accurate. And I think the big thing with Allen is it's kind of shown how much of a drag and injured cam newton was to that offense you know cam newton is an inaccurate quarterback on on down to down he's never going to be a again like like carson wentz he's never going to be a 75 percent passer it's just not his game and and when you took away all the other things that he does well the things that offset that inaccuracy the, the Panthers' offense was just stalled. But you bring in Kyle Allen, suddenly you can lean on Christian McCaffrey more, you can get the ball into their hands, and everything looks good. I think both those two guys are something to them going forward. Uh,
3: and, and I know you guys do a good job of grading all of the FBS Division One players. I don't know how much time you spend on FCS guys or even how many snaps he got in the preseason – But the Pittsburgh Steelers are starting a guy named Devlin Hodges, who sounds like an unethical pharmaceutical company, but he's actually a starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What do you know about him? What grades do you have on him, whether it's college or the preseason?
2: Yeah, so we'll we'll take down any FCS games that take place against FBS opponents, and then before every draft there's usually a few names that NFL teams want to want us to grade as well from the FCS so we usually pull out like another half dozen to a dozen players and grade all of their games Um, so we had Carson Wentz's tape for example knowing that he was going to be a high draft pick Uh, Hodges was not one of those names so he was sufficiently off the radar that NFL teams were not breaking down the doors to get us to go and grade his tape so we really are dealing with um, incredibly small sample sizes and you know the grades I don't think they've really said one thing or other yet, Um, even if they even if we did have the caveat of small sample sizes. But I thought he looked good this past week when he came in. Um, Certainly didn't look like any kind of significant drop off from what we'd seen from Mason Rudolph. And even right at the death, he put the ball in Juju Smith Schuster's hands only to see it punched out and and the game get away from them that way. So, yeah, I think it's going to be fun to watch him this week and see what he can do.
0: Talking with Sam Monson from our friends at Pro Football Focus. If you follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam, you'd see the six trades that need to happen before the NFL trade deadline. And they are intriguing. Stephon Diggs to the Patriots. Jalen Ramsey to the Chiefs. Emmanuel Sanders, Packers. A.J. Green, Raiders. Trent Williams to Cleveland. That is required. William Jackson III to the Eagles. Which one of those uh, is most likely and which team is in the biggest position, uh, to acquire one of those assets is it the Patriots needing a receiver or the Browns needing an offensive lineman?
2: I mean, the Browns needing offensive line help makes a ton of sense. I, it's getting difficult to ignore how much of an issue that is for them right now. Um, and they're a team that, that had designs on contending this season. You know, if, if they want to get that back on track, they really do need to make some kind of move. And at this point, It seems pretty clear that Trent Williams is not going to come back to that team and play. So they need to start thinking about shipping him out. And, you know, Jay Gruden has been relieved of his job. So one of the potential roadblocks in making any kind of deal happen there is no longer in place. So that deal is starting to make an awful lot of sense for all parties.
3: All right,
0: that'll do it with our friend Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus. Follow him at PFF underscore Sam. I hope all of those trades happen. Boy, the Patriots sure do need a wide receiver. Chiefs could use the help in the secondary. Good to see you, Sam. Thank you.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. Take it easy.
0: All right, we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk about the XFL doing something we have not seen. A player with college eligibility could be coming to the XFL and Mike Krzyzewski, Jim Harbaugh both weighing in on the California Fair Pay to Play Act. Back after a quick break. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines
1: for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.